Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Wednesday, March 22nd. This is episode number 190. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Hey, Rod, going good. Um, as you've, I think, heard me say many times, timing in every is everything in life, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about this with all this Browns news, because I think both of us were kind of out of the loop on this. And um, yeah, I actually found out about a lot of this when I started prepping for the podcast just a little bit ago. So uh, right. pretty interesting. We got a lot of stuff to dive into. And here to help us with that is our is not only our friend, I'm going to give him a proper introduction tonight because uh, Peter's on the podcast uh, every now and then. And uh, we I introduce him as our friend, but um, you can find him at the underscore IT underscore hedgehog. But he's also a co-host on the Average Cheese podcast uh, for the Packers. He's the author of the uh, – let me – let me try to say this right, P- Peter. It's a it's a draft guide, but it's for the at UK Packers. Yeah. You're also a member of the Professional Football Researchers Association. Yep. So yep. welcome to the podcast. It's, <laughs> it's great to have you back. Uh, thank you. It's good. It's good to be here. Um, hi to both of you. And yeah, looking forward to it. We brought in so the big guns on the on the day that we trade away our highest pick. <laughs> yeah, we set this up to talk about, uh, you know, um, to talk a little bit about the combine and the draft. And now the Browns are picking 74th. So right now, you know, until that pick gets traded. As of now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll work our way down to the draft talk eventually. Um, I, I didn't even ask you guys. I presume nobody's drinking anything. So we're probably going to dispense with the. With the beverage talk tonight, for the for the most part, does that sound fair, guys? Yep. Yeah, just just water here. Yeah, I'm I'm drinking a Great Lakes Joe Thomas, and we'll leave it at that. So I brought it out for the special occasion, and uh, <laughs> just because a lot of stuff happened, it just feels like a like a big podcast. So celebrate. Yeah. So let's just dive right into Brown's news. And we'll just go with the most recent thing, and that's the that's the trade for Elijah Moore. The Browns um, trade the their second round pick, uh, number forty two, to the Jets for Elijah Moore and a third round pick, which is number seventy four. Uh, and I'll tell you guys how I found out about this. I was looking, I was prepping for the podcast. And I started making a list of the picks the Browns made, and I went to a site that had all seven rounds listed, and I start scrolling down to 42, you know, to go past it, and I see 42, and it says Jets via Browns. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of figured what the trade was, but I'm like, wait a minute. All right. (laughs) So then I went to Twitter, and I saw some tweets that had only been up for a few minutes at that point, literally, so... Um, so, so let's, let's just start with that. So, um, so Jeff, we'll go to you first. What's your, what's your reaction to, to this trade, um, to the trade and to Elijah Moore becoming a Brown? Yeah, there's been talk for, for weeks that the Browns needed to add to the receiving core, um, and, and in the slot specifically, um, and, you know, all kinds of names thrown about and, 
you know, all, all kinds of options in terms of trades and, and, you know, who could we potentially get in the draft? And, and um, I think really considering the, the capital that was spent to bring in Elijah Moore, um, I don't know how Andrew Berry could have done better in terms of securing a slot receiver uh, established in the league. I mean, that, that 42 pick is could be a crapshoot anyway, right? Um, you're not guaranteed that the guy you get there is going to be anywhere near as productive as Elijah Moore. Um, and I don't, I don't know that there were a lot of other good trade options out there. So kudos to Andrew Berry, Andrew Berry for really fleecing the Cowboys out of, out of, uh, Ari Cooper last year and, and probably fleecing the jets out of Elijah Moore this year. Yeah. So, so Peter, let's get your thoughts on Elijah Moore, uh, as far as the player goes. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, Rod, how you know you talked about how you got to find out. Well, you know, Elijah Moore's been a lot of talk as part of the Aaron Rodgers trade that that Elijah Moore might be part of that trade going from the Jets to the Packers. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, as 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 Jeff says, and, and this is interesting because the Jets have played Elijah Moore kind of fifty percent in the slot and fifty percent on the on the boundary, and I don't think that's been getting the best out of him. You know, he's pretty much entirely a slot guy at Mississippi and was drafted as a slot guy. He's, he's five, he's 5'10 at, at best. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he is the, you know, he's almost your prototypical slot receiver in the NFL. Um, you know, he, he timed at four, three, five in the 40 at the combine two years ago. So this is a, a super, super quick guy explosion off the line. I think if you can get the best out of this guy, this guy is is um, still has the potential to be a super player in 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 the NFL. And you in essence have got him for swapping pick forty two for seventy four. And and yeah. as 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 Jeff said, you know, you would be re- have to be really lucky to get a similar type guy who you think can produce immediately so mm-hmm. so for me like you said rod on top of the amari cooper trade which was an absolute steal a year ago mm-hmm. yeah i mean this is you know this is this is good for the browns and it's it's doubly interesting because there have been lots of talk over the last few days about jerry judy and whether the browns would be interested and certainly been lots of talks about whether judy was worth a first round pick or a second round pick well of course the browns don't have a first round pick um So it came as a little bit of a surprise to me because all the talk that I'd seen in the last four or five days was the Judy talk. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, but I I think I think this is a a really good pickup to complement picking up Amari Cooper last year. Yeah, the the last I heard on the Judy talk was that uh, that Denver wanted like a second and a fourth potentially. And I think uh, the Browns wouldn't wouldn't come up to that so uh, i guess the the talks those talks must have broken off um i don't have my value chart in front of me but i'm assuming that dropping from 42 to 74 is probably the equivalent of of giving up a you know uh, maybe a fourth round or maybe uh, somewhere in the fourth round maybe a fifth round something like that so it's probably pretty close to what they gave up to get amari cooper um, if you're going by those values yep so um 
in the draft, by the way, and Peter and I talked a little bit about this before, that that is is just not a great wide receiver draft. Not what we've come become used to the last couple of years. Yeah, it's been yeah. pretty loaded, right? I mean, other years, the past several, what, past two or past three? Yeah, the last three three drafts or so. Yeah, I mean, we've been really spoiled of wide receiver, and and not just in the number of wide receivers, you know, going throughout the draft, but the number of in at the top end of the draft. Right. You know, it's kind of nine or ten guys with first or second round value in each of the last three years, and and we probably don't have that this year. It's not a bad wide receiver draft, but there aren't the 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 numbers at the top end that they've been in the last three years. Yeah. So let's, of course, there could still be more moves. Um, I don't know if this receiving core is completely done or not, one through six or whatever it happens to be. It's it's pretty close. Right. Um, but uh, but you have to feel like Anthony Schwartz is is probably done that Elijah Moore is taking his spot. Right. Um, what what does this mean for for David Bell? And how do you kind of see these receivers lining up, Jeff? What um, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think um, Cooper, DPJ, and, and and Moore will all see the field at at times together, um, and and then David Bell becomes your fourth guy. Um, beyond that, you know, it's it's going to be a couple of of developmental guys, and and you know. It, People might be surprised that that Schwartz makes that cut just because of his speed, but but the, the distinction is is you know that he is pure track speed, where you know Elijah Moore possesses that that ability to you know burst and 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 separate, but he's also a terrific route runner. Um, so you know Schwartz has a ways to go to be kind in that department. So. Um, you know, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a year that we, you know, we see some draft choices cut like Schwartz and Felton. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but I also wouldn't be completely surprised if they gave Schwartz another year, knowing that he's probably not going to see the field much. Um, that, that would be interesting <laughs> if he made the team this year. Yeah, this, um, this fan base really doesn't care for him much. Um, but you have to think about, you know, what goes into developing a player, particularly a third rounder. And, you know, they've 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 invested significant time in developing him as a player. And, you know, when you look at the fifth and sixth receiver, those are those are guys who are depth pieces that are there in the event of injury. Right. So yeah. who replaces if, if more goes down, um, Jakeem Grant, who replaces that speed? Right. So. Again, I, you know, it's probably a 50-50 proposition in my mind right now. And as we get into training camp, it could get worse, uh, you know, for him. But um, it wouldn't entirely surprise me if Schwartz at this point um, still has the inside track to make that that room. It's possible. I mean, I wouldn't expect that Jakeem Grant would be – that they would really want him to play much receiver. You know, they, they want him healthy to, to return. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, and I guess sometimes when you look at the fifth and sixth wide receivers, I mean, the sixth guy especially probably doesn't see a lot of the field on offense, you know, assuming everybody's right fit fit and healthy. 
So so you're probably looking at a guy that plays special teams. And I, I don't mean a return guy. I mean a guy that's playing on the coverage units. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, it may, the, the sixth guy certainly may not necessarily be the sixth best wide receiver, but it, but it, but he might be the best special teams coverage guy beyond the five wide receivers. If you understand what I'm saying, I think that's an yeah. excellent point, Peter. I think you know we are we are doubling down on special teams this year with our new defense or our uh, special teams coordinator Bubba Ventrone. Um, bringing in guys specifically for their ability to play special teams. Yeah. And Anthony Schwartz came on toward the second half of last year with his special teams play. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That that really could help him. Um, yeah, they brought in, uh, well, I mean, they, they've signed really, what, three guys probably for their special teams play. Um, Mike Ford. Yes. Um, is it Mike Adams? I might have his first name wrong. Um, the the linebacker and uh, right, yeah, and uh, and our friend. Uh, right, they uh, brought back Jordan Kunasik. Yeah. So um, those three guys. I knew, and, I, knew, I knew you didn't want to take another run at that one. It's Kunasik. Yeah, yeah. I, know. <laughs> I always mess his name up. Um, I like to think I'm pretty good with names, but yeah, he he has thrown me for a loop uh, since the Browns uh, kept him. So yeah. All right. Um, right. Glad to see him back, though. Um, right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, and that's a whole other thing because the Browns were really, really light on guys last year who were designed, you know, who were on the roster to play special teams. It's almost like it was a complete afterthought. Right. Yeah. It was a lot of draft picks, developmental guys, and kind of forced into that role, right? And, this year they've said, you know, we need to build the roster differently. We need to be able to win in all three phases. So we need guys who, who can contribute and, and, and excel in a special teams role. Um, so that's a refreshing adjustment by Andrew Barry in terms of roster building. Yeah, and it, it's going to be interesting because you bring in a new special teams coach and you give him more tools, um, you know, right. they're, yeah. they're going to have to they're going to have to show it. So um, I would expect that they would. Sure. I mean, you, you bring in guys that are this skilled at special teams. I think you're going. I think it's going to be reflected in the play. So um, That's the expectation. Next guy, which which again, I missed this um, <laughs> this afternoon. Um, Browns re-signed Anthony Walker uh, for one year. Um, a lot yep. of people were really concerned at linebacker. Uh, I'm, you know, I don't know if they're done there or not. The linebackers kind of a still a little bit of a mystery for the Browns just because they had so many guys that were hurt last season. And I, you know, I don't know the timetable on all these guys and who's going to be ready when and everything, but um, it just seemed to me that a lot of guys contributed when they were playing. So I, you know, I, I think I have more comfort there, especially with Anthony Walker coming back than, than I think a lot of other people do. So, so, um, so Jeff, how are you feeling about linebacker now that Anthony Walker's been signed to a to a one year deal? Yeah, I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. I thought that was our our biggest area of need after the first round of free agency um, of the signings. And so, you know, bringing Walker back, I think, really from a leadership standpoint, means an awful lot to the team, um, as much so as his play. So. 
um, yeah, I, I think that was an important one to get done. Um, I still think we're going to probably bring in a little bit more competition at that position, but I'm just not sure where it's going to come from. Yeah, yeah. Um, trying to remember here. Um, let, let's talk about Josh Dobbs. He he's been he was signed just uh, just a few days ago. I think he was on a mm-hmm. uh, one, was he on a one year deal too? I believe. I didn't yeah, uh, yeah. didn't make note of that, but he's just, he's a fan favorite. And I'll be honest, I I'm a little right. surprised after what he did in Tennessee that um, that the Browns were able to bring him back. So. Um, yeah. I, I like him as the backup. Um, I hope, obviously you hope you don't see the backup play, <laughs> right? but right. I, I like this guy, you know, um, I like what he brings. I, I like his attitude, personality and everything. And, you know, I, I, I like having him on the team. So, um, what, what do you guys yeah. think of, of this signing? Well, I think I think as I think as a general point, when you when your number ones as solidified, the number one position is solidified as as it is, that it obviously is at, at Cleveland. That that you have to get a. I, I think, in my view, you have to be getting backup guys that that can run the team when you need them. You know, in case of injury for one or two games, but also guys that accept that that's their role. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. You know, it, 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 it's easy to start loading up, um, but but you you know you you can create the problem of creating competition that doesn't need to be there. So I think I think getting a guy that kind of accepts that that that, that that's his role that's been around the league for a long time, or for for a few years now, uh, four or five years, obviously knows knows Cleveland, knows the system, knows the situation. Yeah, I, I, I think I think I think that's a nice signing. Um, Kellen Mond's still there, right? Yeah, yes. I don't know. Have we yeah. even seen Kellen Mond play much, Jeff? No, no, he's not taken a play at all, has he? To my knowledge, no. Okay, I don't, I don't remember seeing him play. Um, I think uh, I don't think a lot of people have a real high opinion of him, but the Browns see something in him, so right. I think. Uh, I think there's probably a lot of people who are, are relieved that the Browns okay. signed Josh Dobbs and that, that thinking that he will be the backup <laughs> over Kellen Mond. Yeah. Just just to, to kind of add to Peter's point on Josh Dobbs, I mean, he also plays a very similar style of football uh, to, to DW. I mean, he, he can really run a very similar offensive package, I think. We saw enough of him – um, in the preseason that, you know, he's, he's mobile. Uh, he's, he's smart. He's got the ability to make all the different throws and, and, and also be creative. So I think he's complimentary from that perspective as well. You know, that he can kind of step in and, and do the same sorts of things, but he's also incredibly smart. Um, and I think if the Browns are trying to develop Mond as a, an eventual number two, um, he can learn an awful lot from, from Josh Dobbs. Um, I, yeah. I know that they weren't real high on, on Mon. It was in Minnesota, right? Yeah. Wasn't he in Minnesota? Yep. Um, yep. And I think, you know, he, he, he might've just not developed the way they wanted him to there, but um, 
You know, the Browns really seem to, like you said, Rod, they, they seem to have some sort of a liking for him. And and Peter, aren't they? Isn't there some talk now about um, adjusting the uh, third quarterback rule, where you can keep a twenty seventh player or something as your designated third quarterback? Yeah, I've not seen where that quite where that's going. Which would kind of take us back to where we were previ- previously a few a few years back. And I, I think mm-hmm. there sh- I think there should be three quarterbacks stressed. I think. The worst thing that yeah. could happen is, you know, we've got to this situation now where, where, you know, 90% of teams are dressing two quarterbacks, the most position, most important position on on the field, everybody accepts, you know, and you and you run the risk of every game, you run the risk of eventually there's going to be your fifth wide receiver is going to turn, you know, turn up, <laughs> running, run, running right. the offense or something. It's um, right. We've seen that happen a lot. Yeah. And then you well, get unwatchable games, which they don't want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that I think from that perspective, Mond is is likely to stick. Well, yeah, it's true. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Yeah, I know that I know that um, that rule or whatever or whatever you want to call it has. I know it's been proposed, but yeah, I don't. Right. Yeah. I think it's just a proposal right now. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Um, Hopefully they'll get it figured out. Um, I'm sure they'll figure mm-hmm. it out by the season. Uh, it it yeah. just makes too much sense, um, you know, trying to uh, just trying to avoid having guys go back out there when they're hurt and things yep. like that. Um, right. It's just it just yep. makes sense to 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 not have that happen. So um, right. let's uh, let's move on to uh, Jordan Jordan Akins um, tight end. I can't even remember when they signed him, but. Uh, this has been just a steady stream of signings here lately, guys. But uh, Jordan Akins, who played um, with uh, Deshaun Watson and, you know, with the uh, with the Texans um, tight end, he's, he's a little bit older guy, but um, Brown signed him, I guess, because of his familiarity. Um, he has some decent stats. I think he – I don't have him in front of me, but I think he – I think he caught like five touchdowns last season, so – Red zone guy. Um, yep. I think uh, I don't think he's ever put up huge yardage numbers or big catch numbers, but um, you know if it's somebody that, that Watson trusts, um, you know I can see why they why they signed him, brought him in. So I guess the uh, question is, what what do you guys think of him? And and um, I would think this is probably the end of Harrison Bryant, as much as I hate to say that because he's a guy I've. I've liked and I've kind of been waiting on, you know, uh, waiting on him to blossom, you know, into into the receiver. I, you know, thought he was going to be. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, Aikens has been exactly that guy as you've described, kind of a 35 catch, 400 yard a season type guy, coming off probably his best season actually for the, for for the Texans. So five years he played for the Texans. Um, you know, and he's put up those kind of numbers when the Texans haven't had the greatest play at quarterback for the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I was a very solid number two type guy. Like you say, he, he was five touchdown receptions last year, which is the most he's had in his career. So it's becoming, as you said, a red, uh, you know, a red zone end zone threat. I think that's a, that's a nice pickup and he plays special teams as well. Um, yeah. I, I think that's very solid pickup. 
Yeah, I think complimentary. Um, again, you know, he's probably a slightly older, um, hopefully a little bit more savvy version of David Njoku, um, who can, again, sort of mentor your number one um, while being very productive as, as your second tight end. So, yeah, that, that position got significantly better. Yeah, he's not a guy who needs to come in and try to catch, you know, 800 yards, you know, no, <laughs> worth no. of balls. So right. um, that's not what they expect out of him. So, um, so yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I, I would assume Harrison Bryant will continue his career elsewhere after this. So just just yeah. based on money alone, I, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think if he had a lower cap hit, I think the Browns would try to keep Harrison Bryant as you know as their number three, but. Yep. Um, I would assume that they'll try to bring in somebody, um, a bigger tight end, a blocking tight end, uh, right. to be that number three guy. Yep. So, um, well, that is the, uh, let's see, that's kind of the recent news. So just kind of looking at um, all the additions, and there's just a bunch. I, I wanted to get, I just wanted to get, because uh, um, trying to think jeff you were not on last week so i'm trying to think who you didn't get a chance to give your thoughts on yeah um, probably well, a lot of these guys actually they really they really hadn't signed anybody um on you know the, the last time we spoke so in the last two weeks i mean i i made some notes a couple of weeks ago that you know that we had um i think 25 guys and, and you know lots of open positions and and you know now geez um we're, we're pretty well stocked. Um, I think, you know, bringing Tomlinson in um, at, at D tackle gives us that anchor in the middle that we mm -hmm. can sort of build that defensive line around. Uh, you know, that, that was the big marquee signing, right. That, you know, you've kind of broke the bank with. Um, and then, you know, to get, to still get in my mind, a quality um, veteran free safety and, and, uh, Thornhill um, to, to, to finally give us somebody who can play that position. Um, you know, I, I think that's that's extremely uh, smart on Andrew Barry's part. Um, I, I didn't talk about Obo um, either. I mean, from a, I, don't, I don't think we had signed him yet no, uh, two I weeks ago, so. but um, but um, you know, in terms of you know building that defensive line and, and some of the different looks that I hope we're going to see um, from Jim Schwartz this fall, um, you know, I, I hope they can can fit him into more of a TJ Watt role um, where he's on the field a lot, um, not just a you know Tack McKinley, uh, Chase Winovich type role where he's only coming in on obvious. Uh, long yardage passing downs yeah um you know just being a little bit more creative and moving those pieces and i think by having you know that big guy tomlinson in the middle um and some of the other pieces that they that we have it's it's going to be fun to see how jim schwartz deploys those guys yeah peter let's get your thought on the on those three free agent signings specifically Obo, yeah, I mean, the, tomlinson and thornhill yeah I mean, the, one that, the one that really out of me was was Tomlinson, and, and I guess because he played in the same division as the as the Packers, so I'd seen a lot of Tomlinson. Mm. And well, he he seems quite expensive at I guess fourteen million a year. Um, 
that's the kind of going rate for that type of player because not many of them move teams and there aren't many of them about to begin with. You know, so so Tomlinson's a guy that can play on every down, um, but is a lot more effective against the run than he is as a pass rusher. Um, you know, will collapse the pocket against the pass, but doesn't get a lot of sacks. But but he, but he's a guy you just we always felt like you, it was almost impossible to run in his area. And I I I think that you know as as Jeff said, that means that you could do a lot around him. Because with yeah. Tomlinson in the game when he's at his best, you know you're not running much between the tackles, or at least between you know in in, in the a, in the A gap, you're not you're not running through there. And mm-hmm. um, I think he's a, I think he's a super pickup for whatever team would have got him. So I think that's a, a you know a really nice a nice pickup. And I think Thornhill's an interesting one. It was obviously a position of need. Um, for the Browns, and I think the seven million a year, I think his average is twenty-one million mm. over three years. That feels about yep. right as well. Um, and what you're getting there, not only are you getting the player who we all thought was a good player when he was drafted a few years ago, but not only are you getting that player, you're getting a player that knows how to win. It's coming right. from a, coming from a winning program, and I think that makes a a huge difference to, especially when you're coming into a coming into a team that needs that type of player that has won consistently won for a number of years. I think it makes a huge difference to have guys that know how to win. Um, so those were the two big ones for me, I thought. Yeah. So do either of you guys have much hope? Uh, I, it seems kind of like a roll of the dice just to see what happens with uh, Maurice Hurst and Tristan Hill. At DT, of course, they're fighting for spots against guys who are also just on the bubble. So mm-hmm. um, it it, uh, it feels like the Browns still have more work to do to fill in around uh, Tomlinson. Yeah. But, yeah, and, and, and that might be a place that you end up going in the draft. So although, again, you know, typically in the draft, there aren't huge amounts of those guys where there tend to be quite a number of them are in the middle rounds. So, so, so that may be an area to look at in the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, I have one question and this is for Jeff. <laughs> with, uh, with this trade of Elijah to, uh, um, with the Elijah Moore trade and, and, uh, just some of the recent signings, um, just everything, and you're probably going to laugh because we we've talked about this and and uh, from show to show, season to season. Are the Browns going all in this season? Hmm. I mean, it's it, it's feeling more and more like it with the types of players that are being brought in um, and and de-emphasizing the draft. And I mean, we're, I think we're we're talking really about the 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 life cycle of a roster and where we are in that process of, of building a mature roster. You know, we as Browns fans have, have talked for years about how we're constantly plugging in young players and waiting for them to develop. And, you know, they always leave before we get to the second contract and so forth. We're past that. We're well past that now. We have the most big contract guys in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Um 
we are in an interesting spot where we're, we're, we're filling for depth with, with guys like Akins, you know, where we're, we're just, we're bringing in number twos in free agency and at the expense of draft picks. Okay. So it starts to feel like a sense of urgency is there, you know, that, that we're in win now mode. Um, I think we're still probably a year away from all in though. Um, I, I think we're, we're as fans, we're, you know, we think that, well, if we plug all these pieces in just like you would in Madden, that it instantly equates <laughs> to a championship. And the reality is, is that these guys are going to take some time to gel. We still have a very unstable franchise here in terms of long-term um, outlook, long-term uh, leadership, et cetera. So I think it's going to take these guys a little while to, to figure everything out. Um, coaching staff included, um, you know, Jim Schwartz, I'm sure has a vision, but he's got to make all these pieces fit. Right. So, yeah. you know, at the you know, best cases, you say that, yeah, we're, we're, we're all in this year, but I think we could be a little bit more all in next year is that fair yeah so peter you've seen teams go through cycles like this um where do you where do you feel the browns are right now uh you know with what's with a coach who's still fairly young in his career uh bringing in new uh, you know a new defensive coordinator new special teams coordinator and bringing in all these new pieces yeah, I mean, uh, as Jeff, it's it's yeah, it's a it's a it's a difficult place because what were the Browns seven and ten in last year, and, and you, you know you're almost on the cusp of a few bounces of the ball of being ten and seven, or yeah. or heaven forbid four and thirteen. So you're kind of stuck right in right in the middle there, and I think that makes it a really interesting year as most browns years are but i think that makes it really interesting year as to which way this <laughs> right. thing, which way this thing's gonna go um and, and you have to hope you know let's face it so much of today's nfl it's always been the case but even more today depends on that quarterback position and, and the passing game you have to hope that um deshaun watson develops from where he was at this point last year um mm-hmm. and you know, we have to still keep telling ourselves that that when he eventually played last year, that he hadn't played for more than two years, I guess, at that point, or around two years at that yeah. at that point. So, so you so you have to expect, hope, stroke, expect to see um, a more comfortable Deshaun Watson in 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 twenty twenty three, and I think it all starts there. So I think from a Browns perspective, I would expect them to win more games than they won last year, if that's really the question. But um, I think I th- think yeah I think it's another one of those very interesting years. I mean, based on the changes, of course you have new coordinators, but you you would almost expect uh, it's hard not to expect this defense and the special teams to both be better, just based on some of the changes that have been made. Yeah. Um, but right. uh, the roster's not complete yet, so it's not even close. <laughs> so so uh, we have to see what happens. So so at this point, um, what do you guys feel the the Browns' biggest remaining needs are? 
there's still some free agency left, and then um, and then we'll and then we'll yep. uh, kind of talk a little bit of draft here. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll go first with this one, Peter. I, th- I think you know the, the the one position that we're probably thinnest at still is the running back position, um, just because of it. You know, it's it, obviously we have Nick Chubb, but beyond that. It's some very young and inexperienced guys. Um, and with Dearness Johnson signing with Jacksonville today, uh, we know he's not coming back. Um, I would still like to have another running back on the roster. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Jerome Ford develops into, but I'd like to have another running back. Um, beyond that, I think it's just volume at, at the places where we're – we're looking for competition, defensive tackle, edge, you know, backups in, in those areas, rotational pieces. It's just bringing in lots of good camp competition after that, I think. Yeah. Uh, Peter, do you have thoughts? I know um, you may not follow quite as closely as we do. Um, not that not that we're always right on top of everything, by all means. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because some of the some of the positions that you would have thought needed help, you know, the interior defensive line, where you've picked up Dalvin Tomlinson, wide receiver, you've picked up Elijah, Elijah Moore, so and and at, and at safety as well with Thornton. So so I think that they've already you know started down that route of plugging some of those some of those holes, if you like. I don't think that necessarily means that you won't still won't look at those spots come the draft particularly given where the browns are drafting because yeah um you know there's going to be lots of guys at those positions in, in those third fourth fifth round areas um mm-hmm. and i and i guess the other one for me and you mentioned it earlier rod and i i obviously not as clued in as you guys are is is the linebacking position and really it's just more of a question mark for me as to really what's happening there yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah Yeah, there's just we there's so much we don't know at this point about the offense and the defense you know what are those going to look like what's what's this year's iteration of of offense going to look like i don't think it's going to look anything like what we've seen the last couple and obviously schwartz is going to dramatically change the way we approach defense so it's a little hard to, to identify what pieces we still need when we don't know what some of those roles are going to be. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, um, but yeah, going into the draft, it's as Peter said, it's definitely all about now just, just best player uh, guys with the most upside um, who we can develop in those, those backup roles. We're not we're not looking at the draft for somebody who's going to, you know, get a significant amount of snaps this year. Well, and I think that's a really important point. And I think I always think that's an important point about the draft generally, but but even more so with the Browns this year. But the general point about the draft is I always like to think of it is that you're drafting for next year and for the year after that. If, if right. you, you know, you tend not to want to be in a position where I have to fill a key hole with my first round draft pick this year. If you know, if you have a first round draft pick, you, you, you really want to be drafting for right. a year, 
a year from now that gives the, the guys chance to develop and uh, you know and, and I am a great believer that once you get certainly down third fourth fifth round area are you you know you obviously you're looking at best player available but you're also looking at certain positions and certain certain areas where you can start to develop players so for example you know you look at the offensive and defensive lines and in particular the offensive line you know you might have a strong offensive line but it doesn't do any harm to throw a couple of picks a fourth rounder or a fifth rounder or a third rounder or a fourth rounder a, a tackle and a guard that you can develop because those guys are so yeah. difficult to get especially tackles those guys are so difficult to get and when you lose one either through free agency or injury or whatever they're so difficult to replace true definitely so so yeah so the browns have and we started talking about this a little bit earlier but the browns have eight picks um they're not gonna they're not going to draft or carry eight rookies this season so um i I guess uh i guess first things first uh if if they if they get to the draft um or anywhere near it with these eight picks (laughs) how would you expect things to unfold um i I guess jeff will let you go first would you expect uh you know trade ups um trade trade outs um mm-hmm. yeah i i wouldn't i would fully expect andrew Berry to do like he did last year and, and trade out of some of these picks um future picks that that move move him up um you know improve future draft position um just because again like you said with volume there's there's no way that eight rookies are making this roster i think at, at best maybe four uh depending on you know who they can sneak into various places but um there's really only three spots i think right now on the on the 53 man that a rookie could even potentially contribute um if, if everything stays equal right so you know we could draft a running back this is a pretty good running back class um yeah. we could draft somebody in the secondary uh, you know Maybe lightning will strike twice, and we'll find another Martin, Martin Emerson, um, you know, or or a safety, right? Um, and and you know, then 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 the other place is D tackle, like Peter said, you know, maybe, maybe we'll find a D tackle that works himself into the rotation, right? But otherwise, I don't really see anybody that we would draft from you know seventy four on um, making the roster. Interesting. Yeah, I think I think I think with 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 the eight picks, especially as you know, you got two in the third and two in the fourth and two in the fifth, I think as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. That gives you flexibility in terms of those trades. So, so you know, for example, if you so choose, you could package the two thirds together and get back into the second round. Right. There's that. There's mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, so so if you're looking for, you know, more of an impact player, or you could probably trade one of those third rounders away for a second rounder next year. Right. So there's that kind of thing that you can do. Or, or yeah. again, you know, you can package the two fourths and probably get into the third and that kind of thing. So you could probably, you know, just thinking as I'm talking here, you could probably take the two thirds and get back into the second round and take the two fourths and get back into the third round. If you so if you so choose, you could probably move up around in each of those and end up with a second, third and fourth rounder by mm-hmm. trading away, you know, one each from the third, fourth and fifth rounds. 
and that might give you the quality of player to fill those three or four holes that Jeff was talking about. Yeah, good point. So if um, if you're the Browns and you have Nick Chubb and Jerome Ford, and you're looking at adding a third running back, um, to me it's primarily as an insurance, right? Um, yeah, I don't think so, Rod. I think you know you just you, you talk about Chubb and Ford. I think you've you've got two very similar players there, I, and I don't think we have. And and I think I, I would put John Kelly in that same mold. Not you know not okay. obviously at that level, but I would put him in that same mold. So I don't think you have a change of pace or third down back on this roster right now, unless you want to you know count Demetri Felton as that, which I don't think he is. Um, so I, I think there's still is a, a position open for that Kareem Hunt type of role. Again, I, you know, if I'm looking into the crystal ball and I, and you know, that's the type of offense we're going to run again, you know, um, maybe we don't have a need for that kind of back, but, um, I, I would still think that, that that kind of a player would fit on the roster. Yeah, I mean, there there are still some free agents out there. Um, I'm not going to bore anybody with the list, but there, there, you know, there are some veteran guys out there. Um, not a lot of young guys, but uh, some guys out there who can catch the ball out of the backfield. And uh, we'll see. We'll see if they go that route. My, my question was kind of, do you, if you're looking for that third guy, or does it matter to you whether it's a, a rookie coming in out of the draft or right. or a vet. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. P- Peter could probably shed some light on, you know, who's sitting out there in the third and fourth rounds that would would be that type of a player. Um, but I mean it's it's not to me it's not a, a huge pressing need, but that's kind of where I would look first. Yeah, and running back's always a difficult one in the draft, isn't it? Particularly you right. know in recent years, you know, we've seen this move away from drafting running backs in the first round because their career is so short, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, so I think the value in running backs is, I think it was you that mentioned it, Jeff, just a few minutes ago, is kind of from rounds two and three onwards, um, but also in the type of back. So again, Jeff, you just mentioned, you know, if you're looking for that kind of third down receiving back, you know, there's a few of those in the, in this draft that are going to be around rounds two to three to four, just depending on how teams view them. Um, There's the guy at Texas A&M, the little guy, Devin A-Chain, who is almost your kind of, you know, what we used to call a scat back type. You know, he's only five for eight and a half, but, you know, runs around the 40 and four, three, two. (laughs) And, you know, gives you, that different change of pace, that speed guy out of the backfield that can that can run, that can that can catch coming out of the backfield, and the type of guy that, if you play him right, is going to give defense fits. Um, right, and it probably helps he returns kicks and punts as well. But but you know, out of the backfield, he's that guy that that very few teams have, providing you can keep that kind of guy healthy. Um, you know, at, at, at that size because he's not a big guy. Um, mm-hmm. the, the the other one is the back out of um, Georgia, um, Kenny McIntosh, who's not a speed guy, but's probably the best receiving back in the draft. Um, so 
yeah, and but he's big, you know, he's kind of a six foot, two hundred pound guy. Um, but in my view, he's like I say, he's, he's probably the best receiving back in the draft. You can line him up, catching coming out of the backfield. You can you can line him up wide. You can line him up in the slot. Catches everything. Um, and he's kind of third, fourth round kind of guy. Um, you know, and George has had a lot of success, not generally, but a lot of success putting running backs into the NFL recently, as you well know, with with the likes of Nick Chubb, etc. Um, yeah, right. So, so, so he's so certainly a name I think to be aware of if you're looking for that kind of receiving back out of the backfield, um, Kenny McIntosh. Well, if if. <laughs> If if Andrew Barry wanted to shock everybody as much as he did last season when he when he uh, took uh, MJ Emerson with the Browns' first pick, and everybody said, "Why is he drafting a cornerback?" He would take <laughs> a running back with the Browns' first pick. This year. <laughs> everybody yeah. say, "What's he yeah. doing?" <laughs> Funny. I, yeah. I honestly think there's probably about as good a chance of him taking another cornerback this year as him taking a running back at you know with with that 74th pick. But um, P- Peter, what are your thoughts on the on the cornerbacks? I mean, after watching the the combine, um, I mean, there was some significant speed there. Yeah, lots lo- lots of speed. I think the cornerback group is. Um, Actually, I think it's very slightly deeper than it's been in recent years, and it's been good in recent years. I think this the cornerback group, along with Edge, which is always actually pretty pretty deep, are probably two of the deepest groups in this in this draft. And and it, you know, like you say, lots of speed. And what's interesting about this cornerback group that once you get beyond probably the first couple of guys. Um, Gonzalez or Witherspoon, depending on which order you like those guys, and Joey Porter, perhaps. It's difficult to work out where the next group of guys are going, and what order that, what order they're going in. Um, you know, and how far down some of those really good, you know, good players are are, are going to fall. You know, you yeah. just don't don't know where this run on on corners is going to is going to end. But you you know, you can easily see, you know. 15 or 16 going in the first three rounds yeah. i think it's, it's that it's that kind yeah. of that kind of of level of level of corners but it just depends on what what team you know as always what teams actually actually take you know there's going to be a guy that we probably rate as our, our you know i don't know the 11th corner or the 10th corner on our board that for whatever reason drops into the third or fourth round and somebody's going to jump on him yeah just don't know there who that were, guy's going to be. Right. By my count, there were seven guys who ran sub four four forties cornerbacks, yep. um, and a couple of those guys also had plus forty inch verticals. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, and and these again, like you said, these are not the guys that are that are considered to be first rounders, right? So so. Um, DJ Turner obviously had the the yeah. fastest time period. Um, Deontay Banks, um, generally considered a second rounder, right? Is is yep. you know one of those guys that was sub four four and forty inch vertical. But there was also guys later, you know, projected to go later that that had those kind of measurables. So um, 
yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Andrew Barry decided to go back to that well again and, and just add more depth to that group. This, this draft is just so strong in it. Well, and he knows what division he plays in. And, uh, yeah, I mean, well, he knows what the game is, you know. Um, you need, you need I, corners yeah. in this game. Yeah. Um, you can't have too many. And I absolutely agree with that. The same, same philosophy with offensive tackles. If in doubt, draft a tackle or a corner because you just can't have enough of those guys. <laughs> yeah. So what about the the defensive tackle class? Because you have to feel like the Browns are going to draft at least one, if not two, defensive tackles. Um, I feel like if they if they got down to where they had traded out a bunch of picks and they just had picks left, they're just going to bring some guys into camp. So. So how how is this class at defensive tackle and and how far down is it going to go before you get down to where guys just aren't going to have a chance to make rosters? But my 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 initial view on this class is that it's slightly stronger at the top than we typically see, um, but we never see huge amounts of strength. Now, I'm I don't know as Browns fans if you're hoping that Jalen Carter's going to drop all the way down to the third round. Um, <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm joking, obviously. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, normal, normally, Rod, I mean, we just see, we see one or two of these of those guys go in the in in the first round, and it looks kind of similar, you know. Again, mm. again, this year, and, and partly it's going to depend on the type of, you know, the type of um, defensive lineman that you're looking for. Um, just right. quickly browsing the list here, but um, you know, I, I, I'm seeing things like I'm just looking through my through, looking through my numbers here. I've got I've got the the eight the eighth guy as so happens to be Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin, right? He's the 68th player on my board. So if you, so if you look at the Browns picking in the 70s, that's the ninth the ninth defensive lineman on my board. Um, Govan Dexter out of Florida is pick seven is the 71st overall player on my board. So that's the kind of, for me, the kind of area you're looking at if you're picking in the third round and looking at a defensive lineman, you, you know, you, you're looking yeah. at kind of the ninth or 10th guy, just as that, a kind of guy, just as a kind of guide there. That's kind of interesting because if, to me, if, uh, if the Browns still have a need at defensive tackle, if they don't address it any further in any way, and and just kind of still feel like they're missing a pretty good piece, I I could easily see them taking a pick or two and and moving up to you know if there's a specific guy they want, yep. you know who's coming down. But yeah. um, like you said, he could they could just as easily wait and and take a corner uh, or anything else. Um, yeah. They're well, not picking all the third round. So. Yeah. Well, I think it's always interesting when you get to that kind of third round, third, fourth round, because there's always a guy, isn't there? All, often more than one, but there's always a guy that for some reason, you know, had been pegged towards the end of the first or in the second round, that for whatever reason that we, we may never find out about has dropped. And there's always a guy there. Yeah. 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 You know, prior to the Tomlinson signing rod, I was I was thinking, you know, maybe we would be looking at that type of a player in the draft. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a couple of guys, I think, that, that, you know, 
were in our range for that. Um, obviously, Mazzy Smith out of Michigan yep. Um, yep. has has got some baggage recently, um, but um, probably will drop as a result somewhat. As, as as you were saying, Peter, just you know, sometimes it's off the field things. Yep. Sometimes it's yep. them not testing or whatever that you know that. that forces them down but you know one of those big wide body guys and and i don't know you know now that that that's going to be a priority for us maybe you know maybe gervon dexter is, is a better fit for us as a you know younger taller you know guy who's still kind of growing um you know more of an, an active uh, uh, b-gap type of a guy that would fit fit you know our, our plan. I mean, it goes back to what I said earlier about you know what Schwartz going to really do with these guys. How's he going to deploy them? So that that will really determine the type of player that that they go after. And um, you know, yeah, I I wouldn't be, again. I would think that they they'd find somebody in in the third or fourth round that you know they want to develop along the lines of what they did with Perry and Winfrey last year you know um maybe he's yeah. not a starter for you know this year or next year right but um somebody that they, that can grow into that role yeah it's interesting cuz it, it just feels like they might be one you know maybe one piece away because they're kind of depending on some of these guys to to develop or show up like like Maurice Hurst and that yeah. Um, right now so um it, yeah it'll be interesting to see if they if they make a move there if they you know if I, I don't even know who's left in free agency if they you know if they bring if they bring in another free agent uh maybe they're still waiting for that market to settle on the remaining defensive tackles um, well if my numbers are right rod we've got nine guys nine d tackles under contract right now and i think we went to camp last year with 10 so, so yeah probably so, okay. probably you're probably right one more <laughs> there's no, we have nine right now okay yeah, and, yeah. and i it just feels like we're short on dt right it's, now it's, it's certainly quantity <laughs> over quality <laughs> yeah it's quantity right now so. you know what i i expect andrew barry to handle this draft like he like he handled you know uh, the last draft and that's that's um going for value um yeah so i almost expect uh, something else, a defensive tackle. But if he feels that, that there's not a good way to handle it in free agency or via trade, he'll he'll go into the draft and he'll he'll either take a guy. You know, if if he feels somebody good has fallen, he'll go up and get him. And if not, he'll probably draft you know two or three more guys in the fourth and fifth round and bring them all in. I think that's even more true this year than it was last year because this year he's not zeroed in on a particular kicker that he wants in the third round. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I could easily. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could see him taking a you know linebacker, safety, defensive tackle, running back, and then and then trading the rest of the picks out. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. we'll see. So. Anything else on the draft you guys want to talk about? Yeah, I honestly haven't looked a lot at the at the top end of the draft, just you know, knowing that again we're we're not going to be anywhere near it. So, um, yeah, I I think you know unless some weird something really weird happens and you know there's a big move or something like Peter was saying back into the second round. Um, this is going to be a pretty boring draft for Browns fans. 
It is. It is. It will. We'll all sit around and wait on that seventy fourth pick, <laughs> if, assuming that's our first pick, and then we'll say, "Why did he pick that guy?" And then when he shows up to camp, we'll expect him to play like a first rounder. <laughs> right. There you go. So, so, so this, this will be this will be the, this will be the year where you guys don't intently tune into the first round because there's not a lot happening. Only to switch right? on later. Only to switch on later to find out that the Browns have traded the farm and got <laughs> and somehow got into the first round to get a guy. They traded all eight picks up yes. to get into the bottom of the first round. Yeah, they they pull off another JOK like trade or something where a guy drops and they end up with a guy who should have been in the first round and yep. they get him in the second round. You know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. All all eight picks might get us to to uh, the last pick of the first round. Um, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> and then then they'll pick a running back. Right. Oh my. <laughs> Awesome. Well, this is oh. this is what we've always wanted. You know, we've always as as an organization, we've always wanted our team to be at the point where we weren't relying on draft picks. You know, that the, you know, we've got a very solid roster and you know, we're we're poised to win and you know, we can't complain now that we don't, we're not going to have fun on draft day. <laughs> yeah, well, and I, and I think one of the you know, one of, one of the nice positions to be in if if you like is to go into a draft where you can almost yeah, one or two positions aside, but you can almost just pick whatever the whoever the best player is at whatever position they're at when you pick. Right. Yeah. You know, you, you can make a case. And we've we've talked about quite a few positions. You know, you can make a case for the Browns taking a tackle or a, a defensive tackle or a, or a running back or a cornerback or a safety or almost every position, a linebacker or whatever. Uh, you know, in the third in the third round, and that's not a bad position to be in. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, that that's something we didn't talk about is is the potential for him to, to try to draft another tackle. But uh, but with the capital they have, it's not likely that they're going to have a chance at, at somebody who's going to be great. Um, but uh, right, yeah. But the coach they the have, you never know. That, they could. The they, of... um, yeah, yeah. We're the on the same them, page of them bringing. Bringing in a guy that's going to beat out James Hudson, for instance, right? Yeah, it's it's not real great. It's not real great. Not not yeah. when you're drafting down in the third round. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah. Let, let's hope that the news keeps rolling in and the team just keeps getting better and and we have fun stuff to talk about on, on future episodes. But uh, uh, Peter, we appreciate you joining us. Um, we wish we would have been able to talk more about uh, pick 42. Um, <laughs> not that we don't like the trade, but we know you guys are ready to talk about it. <laughs> but, no, thank you. Thank you so much for, for inviting me on. I've really enjoyed it, guys. It's good to speak to you both again. Is the been, draft guy done too here? Long. It's, it, 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 it's, getting, it's getting there, Jeff. It's taking about 16 okay. hours a day of my time right now. It's uh, 16 oh, so, hours. <laughs> so pe- people can just watch. Um, you'll you'll uh, you'll tweet um, something when that's out, right, Peter? Yeah, I, I will. So it, it'll it'll be a link from the UK Packers, but it'll be free to, to PDF. It'll be free for everybody to download. Anybody that wants to read my thoughts, at least on on the draft, and I'll probably be going to be doing some a few couple of minute video clips as we go get closer to the draft on various days so yeah i'll tweet that stuff out and copy you guys on it and what have you so yeah if anybody's interested it's it won't all be packer centric 
So I'll be talking a lot generally about yeah. the draft and, and, and that kind of thing. So absolutely, if anybody's interested. I don't know why anybody would not be interested in that, Peter, because it's just an incredible resource and it's amazing the work that you put into it. Well, I, I appreciate it. It's a, it's a labor of love, Jeff. I, I do it because I enjoy it. And uh, <laughs> right. yeah, it keeps you, it keeps me kind of, gives me a reason to be well informed when we actually head into the draft. Absolutely. So um, I know most everybody that listens to this podcast is following you, but if they're, if they're not, they can follow you at the underscore IT underscore hedgehog and watch for that, uh, uh, watch for your tweets and, um, and information on that draft guide. So, so thank Peter, you. thank you. Uh, Jeff, do you have any closing thoughts for us tonight? I'm just going to update the numbers that I gave a couple weeks ago. Um, we've added eight locks um, in the last two weeks, guys that I guarantee will make the roster. Um, and we're to the point now where we've got 24 bubble guys fighting for 20 jobs. And we still have to figure out what to do with eight draft picks. So the roster is going to be deep. There's going to be some cuts this year that will surprise people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we've said that in the past, but it's 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 going to be tighter this year than than other years. So I firmly believe in your numbers and and uh, nice work. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> This has been the Browns Blitz. We thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Yeah.